We will not go back and rehash it, but as you go through the book of Luke, you'll understand that's exactly what he did, where he started, and where he ended in the book of Luke. And then we spent some time last time talking about what uh, Luke says there in verse number 1. He talks about the fact that Jesus began. And when we talked about that word began, we noted that there is the uh, verb uh, uh, tense that's used in the original language that, that points back in time to one spot when it began, okay? And, and so from that point on, it, it happened back there. That's when it had its start. And so we go back, you know, to the birth of Jesus and all of the things that you read in the book of Luke. And so you had its beginning there. But then we noted last time also, and we spent time talking about the last part of it there, that he began to do and teach. That word is something, as well as the word do, is in the present tense. In other words, it means that it's ongoing. And so he started it back at that point, you know, that that Luke writes about, and he continued it through what we know as the book of Luke, And now in the book of Acts, we know that he's already ascended back up into heaven, but the tense of what Luke writes here is that it not only happened back then and through the life of Jesus, through the crucifixion, the burial, the resurrection, the ascension, but it's still going on. We talked about how that Jesus had told his apostles that that he hadn't finished teaching them, and I'm paraphrasing this to a great extent, and so he would send the, uh, the Comforter, the Holy Spirit, who would guide them into all truth. And, and that truth would be the words that Jesus himself had spoken. And so uh, we talked about all of that last time. Now, let's talk about tonight, let's begin talking about, again, that Jesus began to do something. Okay. Now, thinking back through the book of Luke, what did Jesus begin to to do. What are some of the things that Luke, and that's what, that's what he's saying here in the book of Acts, I told you about the things that he began to do at that point, some point back there that he began to do, but what are some of the things that Jesus began to do? Now, obviously, I think uh, we would just say from the very top of our head that he would be talking about what Jesus did in his ministry, okay? And, of course, a simple reading of the book of Luke helps us to understand that. But I think as we, as we think about the fact that Jesus did some of these things, we probably need to call attention by, uh, you remember Luke, by inspiration, wrote what he wrote here and put it in the tense that he, that he put it here. But, but what did he begin to do? Well, I just pulled out a few. We won't take time to, to read all the way through the book of Luke. But what are some of the things that Jesus began to do? Look at Luke chapter 3, verse 21. Luke chapter 3, verse 21. And as we always do, if you get there, go ahead and read it out loud for us. Luke 3, 21. Okay, and so one of the things that I want to point out here, what did Jesus begin? He began his ministry, if you will, by himself being what? 
baptized. Okay? Now, we could talk about tonight why was Jesus baptized. We know he wasn't baptized for the remission of sins because he didn't have any sin. We could talk about and establish the fact that he did it to fulfill all righteousness. And, of course, you know, that would get us off track. But he began to do that. Now, when we go through the book of Acts, do we ever come across any time when anybody does the same thing that Jesus did back at the beginning of his ministry? Every conversion that you read about in the book of Acts culminates in what? The same thing that Jesus did when he began his ministry. It, it culminates in baptism, doesn't it? And so uh, that's one thing that he began to do. Look at Luke chapter 3, verse 23. Luke chapter 3, verse 23. This is just a, a notation of something that I want to mention. Okay? Same chapter, different verse. Now Jesus himself began his ministry at about 30 years of age, being, as we suppose, the son of Joseph, the son of David. Okay. What did Jesus to do, began to do? He began to minister, didn't he? Okay. Uh, how old was he? 30. 30 years old. And so he had spent some time in preparation, I guess you might say, uh, living life, if you will. Uh, it would be approximately three years that he would spend in ministry, but he began to minister. Now, what, what are some of the things that we read about in, uh, in the book of Acts? Uh, let me, let me just uh, skip ahead right here a little bit. What happens in the book of Acts chapter number 6, is it? Where you've got uh, some widows that are mentioned. And there's a distribution that's being made of daily necessities. And you have a problem. What have you got happening there? You've got people who are ministering, not just from the standpoint of the word but also of the standpoint of, uh, of deeds and actions and helping those who are in need at that time. They didn't have Social Security and all of those kinds of things, and so the, the widows were especially vulnerable at that point. But, but as you look, you have people who are like Jesus who are, who are serving. Okay, Look at Luke chapter 4, verses 1 and 2. Now remember, what we're looking at here is the fact that Luke tells us that he's telling us about, or he told us about in the book of Luke, the things that Jesus began both to do and to teach. But what did, what's something else? We, we think about his ministry, we think about all of that, but what happens in Luke chapter 4, verses 1 and 2? And Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit in the wilderness. For forty days he being tempted by the devil... And he ate nothing during those days. And when he were ended, he, were hung, he was hungry. The devil said to him, If you are the Son of God, command this stone to become bread. All right, so in verses 1 and 2, what do we have Jesus doing? In somewhat of a passive sense here? He was led up of the Spirit to what? Experience life just like we did, like, like we do. Are there temptations in life that we face? Well, sure. And Jesus is explicitly taken up, led by the Spirit, if you will, up to the place where Satan himself would try to 
cause him to sin. And so Jesus is going through things that all of us go through. Uh, think about, you know, just for the sake of time, think about one thing tonight. Uh, how, how, how much would you have wanted some bread after you hadn't eaten any for 40 days? Try that for some time. I mean, he hadn't eaten anything, but he said, turn the, turn the stones into bread. Man, might not have had any peanut butter and jelly to go on it, but the bread would have been good, you know. How, how tempting was it to do that? And, and, and you know, what, was it wrong for Jesus to eat? No, it's wrong for him to bow down to the demands of Satan. And so Jesus began to be tempted. If you read in other passages from uh, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, you'll understand that the, uh, the devil didn't quit by tempting Jesus three times. He, he left him until another opportune time. Okay? And so uh, he began to experience life just like we do. Okay? What else? Look at Luke chapter 4, verse 16. Luke chapter 4, verse 16. couple of things, that, or at least one thing, that I want to point out here. And he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up. And as, he, as was his custom, he went, in, went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day, and he stood up to read. All right, what did Jesus do? Went to Bible class. Went to Bible class, absolutely. He went to Bible class. And, and he participated in Bible class, Okay. As, you know, he stood up to read, and so, you know, we could, we could talk about that. But the part that I want to emphasize a little bit tonight of the things that Jesus began to do, how often did he do that? As his custom was. When the day arose for him to be there, reckon where he was. He was there. Okay? And so, what did Jesus begin to do in his life? Well, he's setting us an example, isn't he? And it was customary for him to be there when the, 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 the Jewish people met together and to, to, to hear and to read and to study the Word of God. Do you see what we're doing? It's not just stories back there that we read about in Luke. These are the things that Jesus did, and our life is to match his life, isn't it? Isn't it our goal to be more like him every day? Well, sure. Well, how can we be more like him every day if we're not doing what Jesus did? And so Luke is telling us some things here. Look at Luke chapter 4, verses 33 through 36. Okay, what happens here? What's Jesus doing here? Okay, he's driving out demons through miracles. Why? 
This is what Jesus did. We know he performed miracles, don't we? We know he, he cast out demons, and we read about other occasions when he does it. But why did Jesus do this particular thing? Do we have a clue from the reading? What did the people begin to ask? What was the conversation? Who, who's got the authority to do all of this? Okay, what is Jesus doing? He's establishing his authority. And so, Jesus, yeah, he healed people. He cast out demons. He did all of those things. But you know what else Jesus did? He established his authority. Okay? That's what Luke is telling us. That's why you need to believe in him, not because he... Uh, he, he did these things, but because by doing these things, he established who he was. Okay? Uh, a couple more. Look at Luke 4, verse Okay, what was, what was Jesus doing? Remember, that's a word back here in the book of Acts. What was Jesus doing here? Preaching, but what's he preaching? The good news. What kind of good news? He is preaching the good news of the kingdom, the church, preaching the good news of the kingdom, Where? Everywhere he went. He didn't stay in one spot, did he? He was spreading it where? Everywhere. Okay? And so he's going about preaching in every city, these places where he had the opportunity to go, and he's preaching about the kingdom. He's preaching about the church. Had the church even been established at that point? No, not until, oh, by the way, Acts chapter 2. Now, Jesus says his purpose was to do what? In that passage we just read? To preach the good news. Of what? Of the kingdom of God. That's what Jesus began to do. No wonder Luke is following up with Theophilus and telling him about the beginning of the kingdom and entrance into the kingdom by writing Acts chapter number or the book of Acts, rather. Wow! It just makes all kind of sense when you start putting all of these things together. And so, you know, we could, we could look at Luke chapter 5 at verse 1 and talk about him calling the apostles to be fishers of men. By the way, we'll come back to that just a little while, after, uh, a little more after a while. But Jesus began to do, okay, but, but I told you last week, and I'm reminding you again tonight for the at least second time, that the word do is in the present tense, which means he continues to do something. What does Jesus, or does Jesus continue to do things for us today? Just like he continues to teach through the Holy Spirit, the apostles, the Word of God, the Bible... To us, does he continue to do for us today? Look at three verses with me. Look at Hebrews chapter 7, verse 25. Hebrews chapter 7, verse 25. 
quickly he is able to save to the uttermost those who draw near to God through the he always lives to make intercession. Jesus does what? He always lives for what purpose? He's sitting at the sitting at the uh, uh, right hand of God, but he always lives to do what? What does it mean to intercede for somebody? What does it mean? Intercession. Hmm? To to what? To plea for. To, uh, that uh, you're, you're right, it means to intervene on the behalf of another person. And so Jesus is intervening before God on our behalf. And when is he doing that? Did he do it back when he died on the cross? No, he was resurrected. I wasn't even born yet. In, in, in spite of what some of your grandkids might think, you know. Wasn't even born yet. But, but I sin, and you sin, and others sin who are Christians. But Jesus is intervening on my behalf before God. Look at Romans chapter 8, verse 34, just to add to that. Romans 8.34, same thought. Okay, uh, I, I said it was at the right hand of God. I, I jumped ahead to Romans chapter 8, but he's, at the, he's sitting there with God interceding for me and for you and for other Christians, and he's doing that now. One more, and let's, let's put, a, uh, put a bow on this one. Hebrews 9, verse 24. Hebrews 9, verse 24. I understand the previous two verses that God, that Jesus is doing that for me, and he's doing it now, but... What does Hebrews 9, verse 24 say? And see if this one doesn't send chill bumps up and down. Christ has entered not into holy places made with hands, which are copies of the true ones, but into heaven itself. Now to appear in the presence of God on our behalf. He is there in heaven for what purpose? Or, or, or he's in heaven, and then he adds, the writer adds a little bit more. Where in heaven? He is in the presence of God. Why? To appear before God for what purpose? On our behalf. Not only did He come down here on earth and live among us for 33 years, die for us, buried, resurrected, but when he ascended back up into heaven, he didn't quit. For him to sit on the, at the right hand of God doesn't mean that he just sat down and said, all right, got it done. Kick back in, in his recliner there beside God and say, all right, let's, let's just wait till you send me back. He's there doing. He started. 
He started His mission. He started His work. When He came to this earth, He did and He continues to do. Wow. Luke said all of that in a few words. He, Jesus, what He began to do and teach. Okay, or teach and do. Or do and teach. <clears throat> okay? Now, I, I want you to look at verse 2. And we talked about until the day He was taken up. We, we've mentioned that a little bit. After He had given commandments, and I want you to notice the next part first, through the Holy Spirit. Through the Holy Spirit. When did Jesus give the commands to the apostles? The commands that he's talking to here? He, he ascended up, taken up into heaven. What? The question was, when did Jesus give these, these commands? Look at it backwards. Before he ascended up into heaven. After he ascended into heaven, or, or, or until the day when he was taken up, after he had given the commands through the Spirit. Okay? And so before he ascended back into heaven, he gave some commands to the apostles. Okay? Right? Isn't that what it says? Isn't that what, what Luke is writing here? Okay? So... Focus on the part through the Spirit right here at this particular junction, and then we'll move uh, forward. Look at Matthew 3, 6. Matthew 3, 6. While you're turning there, we know, and we've already read, we read it last week, that Jesus said He would send the Comforter. I mentioned it earlier in the lesson. He would send the Comforter. The Comforter would give, him, give them the, basically the rest of what they needed to know of His words. Okay, but I want to focus on the through the Spirit part. All right? Matthew 3, 6. And were baptized by him in the Jordan, confessing their sins. Okay, I got the wrong, didn't get enough of it. Oh, well, basically they were baptized. I think I put that verse there and left it, but uh, I was going to establish they were baptized. Okay, but look at Luke chapter 4, verse 1. I left out a left a verse in there that I should have just quoted for you and showed you, talked to you. But Luke four one is really where I wanted to go. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness and to be tempted by the devil. Where did he go? When he when was he led or where from where? At what point? Is what I'm asking. Jesus, full of the Spirit, returned from the Jordan. What happened at the Jordan? That's back in Matthew chapter 3, verse 6. That's where John was baptizing. Okay, I could have told you that one instead of reading it. But the point is, when Jesus, when Jesus left the Jordan, what happened? He was full of the Spirit. What happened when Jesus was baptized? 
You remember? Somebody said it. Do what? God acknowledged him, but before God acknowledged him, what happened? The Spirit descended like a dove and landed, if you will, upon Jesus. And that's when God said, this is my beloved Son. But now we begin reading about Jesus being what? Full of or filled with the Spirit. Okay? Look at uh, uh, Luke 4.18. Luke 4.18. Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind to set at liberty those who are oppressed. What was the purpose of the Spirit? Yeah, bring the good news. Always always was, always that was God's plan all the way through. Look at Acts 10:38. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, he went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. Okay? And so, the point is, Jesus himself was filled with the Spirit, right? The Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit. And we know that there was a miraculous filling of, of Jesus with that when we read about it in his, during his baptism. And, uh, from that point on, we see him being filled with the Spirit. Okay? But, but now, more for our study tonight, I want you to go to the book of John, chapter 20, verses 22 and 23. John, chapter 20, verses 22 and 23. Now, remember what we're looking at. After he had uh, uh, given commands through the Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen, then he ascended back into heaven. Okay? Look at Luke, cha- or rather John chapter 20, uh, verses 22 and 23. Okay, let's stop right here and talk a little bit, all right? When is John chapter 20, 22, and 23, when is it taking place? After his resurrection. After his resurrection, he comes to them actually the night of his resurrection, doesn't he? That's what we read about here in John chapter number 20. And he is there with them, and what does he do? Because we're going to run out of time if we don't hurry. He breathes on them and says something. What does he say? Now, wait a minute. When, did, when do we read about the apostles receiving the Spirit? Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter two. Now, is John 20 happening before or after Acts chapter 2? It's before. All right, so, so what does he mean? What does, what does John mean when he says he breathed on them and said, receive the Spirit? That, that's a good question. If you start reading the commentators, some are going to argue that, that, well, they received the Spirit right there on the, on the spot. And some are going to say, I don't have a clue what it means. Okay, so you've got, you got everything in between. Okay, 
But I think I understand what he means. To receive the Spirit does not necessarily mean there's something miraculous about it, right? What do you mean by that? Well, let's look at a couple of verses. Look at Luke chapter 8, verse 13. Luke chapter 8, verse 13. Same word is going to be used in regard to receiving. Something different is going to be spoken. Luke chapter 8, parable of the sower. Some of the seed fell where? What happens? Who's got it? Read it. All right, what, what did they receive? They received the Word. Look at Luke, uh, rather John chapter 12, verse 48. Well, let me read it. The ones who reject me, the one who rejects me and does not receive my words, this is Jesus talking, has a judge, the word that I have spoken will judge him in the last day. Does Jesus say that we're to receive his words If we don't receive them, then what? We're going to be judged, right? He says receive them. All right, you'll see where I'm going next. Look at Luke 24, beginning in verse 44. Luke 24, 44. And again, for the sake of time, I'm going to go ahead and tell you what Luke is recording here in Luke 24, 44 and following is the same event that John records just uses different words. Okay? So look at verse 44. Bert, would you read that one? And he said to them, These are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything, everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. All right, this is the night that he was uh, uh, raised from the dead. And what does he say there? Receive or hear the words, which, which words are these are the words that I have spoken? And then what happens in verse 45? Then he opened their minds to understand the Scriptures. Then he opened their minds to understand the Scriptures. These guys are going to have to know some things, aren't they? What are they going to need to know? That's verse 46. What Scriptures is he talking about? Okay, go ahead. Keep going, 47. Keep going through verse 52. You are witnesses of these things, and behold, I am sending the promise of my Father upon you, but stay in the city until you are clothed with power from high. What is that? Holy Spirit in Acts chapter 2. And he led them out as far as Bethany, and lifting up his hands, he blessed them while he, while he blessed them. Parted from them and was carried up into heaven, and they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy. And there was and were continually in the temple blessing God. Okay, uh, as you look at the passage, it seems like that very night he led them out there. But there's actually forty days. If you've been in our Bible class on Sunday morning, down downstairs, our uh, 
adult class downstairs, we've been harmonizing the scriptures, okay? And sometimes one verse is separated by time, right? As we've shown a number of times down there. There's 40 days in between verses 49 and 50 when he takes them out. But what is he telling them to do? You've got to understand what? And he opened their mind to do what? Understand the Scripture. To understand the Scripture is to do what? Receive the Spirit, isn't it? Because where, where did those prophecies that Jesus is speaking about, where did they come from? 1 Peter chapter uh, uh, 3, what is it? Oh, the, uh, <clears throat> lost my spot there. Where did they come from? Holy men of God spake as they were moved or carried along by the Spirit. Where did the Old Testament Scriptures come from? Same place the New Testament Scriptures came from. They came through the Spirit, the Holy Spirit of God. I think that's the answer. When he says receive the Spirit, he's telling them, had they been confused? Were they still confused on the 50 day or 40 days later? Yeah. But you've got to listen to what the whole deal is about. Understand, when those prophets spoke about me, I've done all of it. I've done all of it. And so, what did he do? Well, he gave them commands through the Holy Spirit to the apostles. We still did not get through with verses 1 and 2. So we'll come back to them next Wednesday night. Start all over again.